Got nine minutes to maximize your travel and casino experience? Welcome to Zorkcast, powered by Travel Zork, helping you travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures. From airline miles and hotel points to living in the lap of luxury in a Las Vegas casino, you'll find all the knowledge you need to travel in style. Brought to you in nine minutes or less. Now, please welcome the host of Zorkcast, Michael Mason Traeger. Hello, this is Michael, and welcome back to Zorkcast. Today, we have a guest on the show, and that guest is Dave Grossman of Miles Talk. So, Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Great to be on. So, you are someone I would consider to be a pretty authentic miles and points guru. I will admit that I don't know exactly what an authentic miles and points guru is, but you are definitely in love with this stuff. So what is it about, you know, miles and points that like that you like that makes you love it so much? Yeah, for me, I think I I've been I've been into miles and points for about 15 years now and I I you know, I got into it 15 years ago, there was a Starwood Preferred Guest mistake rate at a resort in Bora Bora. And I didn't know anything about points at the time, but I had just started following Flyer Talk. And they canceled the room. It was $100 instead of $1,000. And they gave me a boatload of, of SPG points, star points. And I started learning about them. And when I discovered what I could do with them, at the time, really, you needed $10,000 for, for a solid Category 4 I had a great experience. And then suddenly I was like, man, I need to get more of these points. I need to do more of this. And it became sort of an obsession with the game, right? Because loyalty points are, they're a game. It's figuring out what is the optimal way to earn and spend the points so you have amazing experiences. And what it's really all about for me is luxury experiences without paying for them. And that that's how it really became an obsession because I'm not the type of person that's ever going to spend $1,000 a night on a hotel room or $4,000 on a business class flight. But man, do I love having the experiences. So miles and points became the way to consistently have that experience. And I, you know, I probably take on average two to three trips a year like that using miles and points. And so for me, it's just, it's about having experiences that I wouldn't otherwise be able to have or would not be willing to pay for. That's what it is. That's that's why I'm obsessed with it. Well, that's that's pretty cool. And that's I think that that parallels the experience of a lot of people. But when I follow a lot of your writing and your Facebook group, you seem pretty well grounded. You know, your audience is is quite varied. So it's not all people that want these incredible passenger experiences and luxury experiences, but sometimes people who just want to be able to get more out of their traveling buck. And I think that's good. You always, you always come across pretty balanced to me. I mean, I know from my casino loyalty side and from, and, and from miles and points, I mean, the optimization becomes obsessive. It's like, oh my goodness, this hotel is 1200 a night and it only takes 20,000 points. Yeah, but I don't want to go there. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> so that's, I, I, that's true. You can't just do it because it's a great value. <laughs> yeah. Or this is a flight somewhere. Wow. It's like, yeah, there's availability on this flight to a destination. I have no interest in going to, but you, you've always come across as a good educator and relatively balanced when it comes to those kinds kind of situations, which is something, 
you know, that I appreciate because I think, you know, things are not that black and white on, you know, how many cents per point you get. And to me, you know, if a family can travel to a destination, which might not even be considered that exciting, but there you have the opportunity to take their family on a trip that they wouldn't have been able to do, even if the number of, you know, cents per point that they're getting isn't what we would consider optimized, I still think it's a really good thing. Absolutely. And and I appreciate you saying that it is something that I always struggle with in my head when when I'm trying to help people. And I, I do try to take the step back and say, okay, what are what are you looking to do with this? You know, it pains me a little bit just personally when people spend their points through a portal, for example, through the Chase portal or, or the Amex portal, rather than transferring. But that's only because, you know, I don't like to use them that way because I like to transfer them for first in business class. I am able to take the step back though. If somebody is collecting points because they really otherwise wouldn't be able to afford to travel, or if they're trying to take a family and the first in business class experience isn't important to them, then I want to know that that's what they're looking to do with it. And that it's perfectly fine too, even though it's not the way I would spend it. I think it's, it's always a little bit interesting when, when I do a live session and, and I present with someone else who's much more focused on economy travel using miles and points, more specifically points. And I always kind of say like, you know, it kills me a little bit inside when you spend it that way, but it's perfectly fine. (laughs) And usually, you know, the person co-presenting with me is someone that is different from me that is more than happy to to spend the points for uh, affordable economy travel. And we sort of balance out. But yeah, it's what's going to get you what you want at the end of the day. And so with Miles talk, I recognize it's it's a very diverse audience, and I try to make sure everyone is able to learn something all the time. No, no, and I'm glad you do that because they're definitely. I sometimes feel in the obsessive miles and points world, we need a little bit more of that. I mean, sometimes just all the luxury gets exhausting. I know because I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm part of the problem, but I I do. <laughs> But I do believe, and I've had so many people over the years, you know, with regard to revenue fares and also with regard to points, you know, saying if I can take four economy class tickets and economy class trips instead of one business class trip, that's more value to me, you know, and, and I get it, you know, I actually do. I, I respect that. And of course, there's a huge difference in, you know, a New York to Paris flight or a New York to London flight in comparison to like, New York to Hong Kong. I mean, economy class. I mean, I know we all like to joke, oh, you know, I'm only turning left. But, you know, we have to be a little bit realistic here that, you know, you you actually, I mean, I hear a friend told me that you can survive a transatlantic flight in economy class. So I'm going to, (laughs) I'm going to believe the friend. So it it is possible. It is. I did a flight to London last year in premium economy. And when the plane landed, I was still able to get off the plane. It worked. It got me there. <laughs> and it was a lot less points than it was, you know, less than half of the business class. And I don't know about you, but I don't have unlimited points. I, I may have more than the average bear, but it's not unlimited. And yeah, if it's a five hour flight, sometimes you don't need to be upfront. 
Yeah, I had one friend actually who said, you know, sometimes it's less stressful when I'm just in economy class because I don't have to worry about taking pictures of everything or I don't have to worry about like experiencing everything. And I just like, I just fall asleep. And I know it's especially for people who are good at sleeping on airplanes. And I'm like, you know, you're probably right because, you know, the major dilemma for passenger experience people you know, all the time, you know, that major dilemma is like, oh, I should skip the meal service because it's an overnight flight. Oh, wait, but if I skip the meal service, I mean, you know, then I'm not going to experience that part of it. Yeah, but the flight's short, you should sleep. But anyway, off of that. It's so true. It's so true. You are working on some really cool stuff. And I need you to tell us about that and, and also explain it a little bit more to me. So, I mean, go tell me, what are you working on now? I appreciate that. You're, you're one of the very few that's known that I've been working on this because it has been more top secret than NASA. But, <laughs> but you know, my background is, is obviously in, in miles and points and, and loyalty, but it's also in entrepreneurship and web development and all this other stuff. And this project is the result of people asking me just, I mean, not just on the group, I mean, on the street, I mean, everybody that knows me in person what credit card should I get? What's the best credit card? It's one of those two questions. and I get it just all the time. And, you know, there is no best card. I'm sure everyone listening knows they might have a favorite card, or they might have a card that they figured out that they are in the most on. But there's no best card. The best card is actually very personalized. And it depends on what you spend a lot on. If you spend a ton on dining and groceries, you might want the Amex Gold, you might want the City Prestige. But it's very personal to your spending habits. And so rather than trying to do, you know, I always want to do right by everyone that asks me that question. It winds up being a 20 minute conversation on their spending habits and their goals. So what I finally did over the last six months is build a system that automates that entire process. And so the site is called yourbestcreditcards.com. And inside of that is a uh, credit card rewards optimization tool where you type in what kind of card you want, personal or small business or both, whether you want points or cash back, and enter in any loyalty affiliations you have and your spending habits. What do you spend on various categories? And it will tell you in mathematical order exactly how much you would earn on every single credit card in the database. The database has every bonus category for every card, every limitation, every cross category limitation factored in. And so you know in a data-driven way what your best card is. And I think it's important to note, I, a lot of the people that are obsessive with miles and points are not really the ones that are going to get the most value out of this. They will find it fascinating, perhaps, just to see their top few cards. But it's for the people that are, that are sort of getting started and are not going to be super obsessed that you go, you know, why are you putting every dollar of your spend on a freedom card? when you could be earning this multiplier on this and that multiplier on that. And so those people that really just want to have a couple of cards in their wallet, I think this is something that can finally help them make an informed decision without being overwhelmed. This is really good because, I mean, if people are not grasping immediately the power of what you're doing, you know, the way I would look at it, when I would explain it is most bloggers, when they talk about credit cards, they're giving like a static example of something you know, or like a pitch on something. And then even when, you know, there's a credit card page, 
it's sort of drop downs to the, you know, reward cards, the best cash back cards, and then you see a bunch of ads for cards. But what you're doing here is you're actually asking the user, you know, you're asking the user for information about what's their priorities and what they're interested in. And the, and the users are giving quite a few different data points. And then you're sort of calculating this using your algorithms. So I said, do I have that right? I mean, that's how I see it. And I think that's yeah. really different and really cool. That's 100% right. And, you know, of course, it, the, the, this website ultimately works the same as, as when a blogger is talking about a card, but it's not, there are many cards in here that, that don't earn us a commission. Your results are based on your data. If your top cards are, are direct links to the issuers, that's fine by me. What I want is everybody to just really be getting their best cards. No, that's that's awesome. This is really exciting. And I I think you're right. I mean, the non-obsessed people, they're going to find an incredible amount of value. And you know, and you might actually regain, you know, multiples of hours in your lifetime now that not having to answer this question <laughs> anymore and just oh. send people to your website. Yeah, a hundred percent. That was I mean, that was I really was spending an outsized amount of time. And, you know, that's time I could be working. So as much as I love talking about it, I think it was, it was the entrepreneurial side of me that just said, you know, when it comes to building a new product, it, does it solve a problem, right? Whenever people ask me for advice in their own startups, I say, make sure you're solving a problem. And while this is certainly a first world problem, it's solving something that, that I encounter repeatedly, what is my best card? And so... Hopefully, people see the value in that being an easy answer. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Well, we're almost out of time. We're actually, we're technically out of time. But I wanted to just before, <laughs> before, I, this is, this is, commonly happening now. All of, I, all of your uh, travels or podcasts go very quickly. Yeah. So I just wanted to, you know, from an inspiration standpoint, and I've been asking people about this lately, what really inspires you about? the travel world or what's your favorite thing? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I probably didn't tell you I was going to ask you this because <laughs> I'm not so good. I do this on purpose, but what, I mean, if there's one thing that you're like, Oh, this is just so, this is just like my favorite part of travel and travel loyalty and everything. Like what, what is it? Well, I mean, there's sort of two different questions, you know, in terms of traveling generally, I'm a food person. So I'm just, whenever I can travel, to somewhere I've never been before or somewhere I rarely get to go that has amazing food. That's my most exciting thing. I'll be in Singapore in two weeks and I've never been. And I cannot tell you how excited I am to go to all of the hawker stalls, every single one. <laughs> so in terms of travel, and then I just, you know, local authentic experiences. I always try to have enough time somewhere to be able to actually interact, you know, where I've had the chance when I was younger, I lived in London for a couple of years. And I do love trying to immerse in another culture. My one regret is not living in France for a year when I when I maybe could have easier. So that on that side, that's that's what motivates me is just the experiences. And then on the loyalty side, I think my my absolute favorite thing that's maybe for another Zorkcast is just frequent flyer mile arbitrage. Right? I love the game of figuring out. I think we we all if we're in this space, we know that generally the loyalty program that you have points on is generally not how you're going to spend them. In terms of you have an American Airlines account, your your best values will be spending it on partners like JAL and Qantas, etc. So I think that always figuring out what is going to be the best way to get on a particular flight that you could book 17 different ways, but with all sorts of different mileage requirements and taxes and fees, 
I think that that's always just a really fun equation to try and solve. So we will do that. We will do that on a future episode because <laughs> it is definitely one of my favorite subjects. So awesome. tell everybody, you know, where they can find you, how they can get in touch with you, because I'm sure people who are not familiar with your work at Miles Talk will definitely want to check that out. Also, the yourbestcreditcards.com site, I'm sure they're going to want to check out too. So let it roll. Tell us all the places <laughs> we can find you. Thank you. So, well, you just covered the the new ventures at yourbestcreditcards.com to find me personally and Miles Talk. So everything is under Miles Talk. So Twitter at Miles Talk, Instagram at Miles Talk, MilesTalk.com is the blog. And we also have a nicely growing community on Facebook. And you can just search one word Miles Talk in the group section. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on Zorkast today. Thank you very much for having me. This was fun. Great. Well, until next time. You've reached the end of your stay with us on this episode, but we encourage you to visit our website for more resources at TravelZork.com and to continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at TravelZork and Facebook.com slash TravelZork. Travel smarter, gamble smarter, and maximize your adventures right here on ZorkCast. Until next time, good luck.